Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist, or medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Hello, this is Consuela, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Finding a Foothold. I'm so glad that you are tuning in today. And this is the podcast where you get to share into the lives of other caregivers, where you can really live into the moment of feeling that you're not alone. We hear that a whole lot. You're not alone. I mean, we see it everywhere. But when you feel like you're going through something that is unique to you, when you're feeling like nobody's going through this, this what I'm going through is just crazy. When you're feeling that way, then yeah, you can feel that you're in this alone, that you're the only one who has to deal with the person that behaves in this way, or you're the only one that has these feelings inside of you that you can sometimes not even be proud of. You're surprised at yourself that you're even having some negative feelings about something that you really want to do, something that you've signed up to do because you really want to do it and you really thought you could do it and you didn't even think it would be a problem and then you're smack into the reality of this is not working out the way that I thought it would. I didn't know it would be this hard and now you're feeling like I can't really even tell anybody about this because they're going to think, oh, how could you feel that way when you're supposed to take care of your husband, when you're supposed to take care of your parents and you get to thinking like, Nobody's going to understand if I even talk about this. So then it makes you even feel more isolated and alone. Well, look, this is a podcast where you can probably hear about any problem that could come up in caregiving. And I'm Consuela. I'm an occupational therapist. I was previously the caregiver for my mom who lived in my home with my husband and my children for several years after she was no longer able to live by herself, after having had several strokes. And then while living with me, she also had a couple of strokes. So just very unfortunate health situations with her. But I found the way to survive. I found the way to provide the care, you know, and it wasn't the way I thought it would be. As an occupational therapist, I am trained and well-versed in the physical aspects of caregiving. I've done it for years. I have worked with all types of patients. And when doing this podcast, I thought I would just really always hone in on the physical aspects of caregiving because it is so hard. And I see people doing it the hard way. 
There are so many people that are getting mom or dad out of bed and they're grabbing them the wrong way and they're letting mom or dad grab them the wrong way and there are injuries that are taking place. I see so many falls that happen in the home. A lot of different things that I know can be fixed if an occupational therapist could get in there and teach different strategies. So my whole premise in doing the podcast and the blog is just to enlighten people in how to do things in a safer and easier fashion. And I still desire to do that. I think a lot of people are working themselves too hard. They're injuring themselves. They're injuring their loved ones. They are taking on more than what they should do. They are not allowing their loved ones to do the things that they can do. And you know, it just makes caregiving hard. And I can provide a lot of insight into making that role easier. And that's why I'm here. But also while I'm here, I just, I cannot separate the physical from the other things that go along with caregiving. The emotional side of caregiving. The things that impact the physical side. Always easy to come in and teach someone to do things easier. I think it's easy because I've done it a lot. I've seen people say, oh, I didn't know I should be doing it that way. Thank you. This is making my life easier a lot easier. And I appreciate all that. But I've also learned over the years that oftentimes the physical aspect of providing care is not the only place where I see pain exhibited. I see a whole lot of emotional pain that occurs with caregiving. And so many times when I'm doing the podcast, I want to shy away from that part of it, but I'm becoming more and more comfortable with that. Number one, I'll say that in occupational, in the schooling that we, that's part of our schooling is a big part of it is psychological teaching, mental health teaching. And even one of our field work rotations is a three month rotation on a psych unit. And there is actually a field of occupational therapy that is specific to the psychiatric mental health population. So in in saying all of that in today's session, I just want to talk about something that I observed many times. And what brought this to mind was a call that I had into the podcast call in line, a wife who didn't know if she really wanted to be the caregiver for her husband because of the history, verbal and mental abuse, and some marital infidelities that have taken place over the years. And now with her husband being disabled, has had a major stroke. She is the one who is now the primary caregiver. And that was the question onto the calling line was, how do I do it? So I wanted to say thank you, caller, for the call. And I I just want to address it as best as I can. And my hope is that you'll hear something that I say and it will give you some direction on where to go. And I will give you some examples from my life and some clients that I have had the privilege of working with. And I'll start by just, just giving a little couple of points. And as I give the points, I will also just give you my personal experience in those areas. And the first point I want to make is that the relationship that you had before is still there. If you had a rocky relationship before the illness or the diagnosis, it is still going to be rocky. Things don't automatically change because of the illness. Now, I'm not saying they never. Sometimes it takes something big 
to happen for someone to realize that they have not been a nice person. They have, that they have inflicted a lot of pain and harm onto someone else. And sometimes it takes a big slap in the face, like a stroke to make them aware that they have not been nice. So sometimes things can change, but oftentimes it does not happen without professional intervention where there can, if there can be a, like a reconciliation where there is a coming together where the two parties come together and there is some type of healing and forgiveness that that takes place. But it has to be something that both parties want and both parties think is needed. So that's all I have to say about that is that if it was rocky before, it's going to be rocky now. And it's going to be very hard to provide care to someone and they're not kind to you. I think it's an unhealthy place to be. And another point that I want to make is that if you are in a caregiver, care recipient relationship, and you are a child providing care to a parent, and that parent favored another child, then guess what? That doesn't automatically change. If you weren't the favorite child, there is this big global thing that there are no favorite children. All children should be equal in a family, but children do occupy different spaces in a family dynamics. Not always a good thing, not always a bad thing, but I'll just speak from my experience as being one of seven daughters that we all have a different place in my mother's heart. We all had, and we knew it. It was nothing bad necessarily. One of my older sisters was such a loving and compassionate sister. And my mom always favored her just for the fact that just because of the attention that she received, you know, and I don't blame her. My sister is one of those sisters who It was just a very affectionate and touchy-feely sister. And it was really what my mom needed a lot. And my sister was so good at it. Unlike me, I'm not a hard person, but I was never that really emotional person that needed a lot of touch, that needed a lot of, I loved affection and my mom gave it to us in her own little way. But I was not one that liked a lot of caressing or was one that could just be there and wanted you to hug me all the time. I, I just was that child and my mom would say that I was, I've just pushed back all the time. So guess what? As my mom became ill and became in need of more support and more assistance, she gravitated to my sister because my sister was there to lavish all of this love and affection on her because that's the language that my sister spoke. And for me, I was that functional person that when my mom needed something, I could buy something. My husband would build, my husband build the ramp. I was the one who went in and showed where the grab bars needed to be and my husband installed those. And that was the role that I played as my mom was aging and as my mom was becoming more and more dependent. And you know, it's a good thing that each one of our sisters had 
different love languages that we did this certain thing that we did and it all added to what was needed in the whole picture of caring for my mom. But the problem came was when my mom was no longer able to live in her home. My mother wanted to live with my sister, but it was not a practical choice. My sister was not able to care for my mom. She didn't have the skills and just the whole circumstances of her life didn't allow for her to have my mom to come live with her. And the option came for was that she would live with me. Well, in the process of me being her primary caregiver, I was forever reminded by my mom that my sister was her choice. You know, and that was hard. It was hard for me to hear on an ongoing basis that, oh, one day I'm going to be uh, leaving here and I'll go live with her. So that was one part of the history in my family that carry over into the, the caregiving process. So yes, it was hurtful at times because I felt like I was doing all I could and she never really would stay in the moment of, appreciating what I was doing for her because she was always waiting for the opportunity to leave my house because it was always going to be better with my sister. So in in hindsight, I should have known that because of that emotional need that my sister filled for my mom. And as much as I tried to change her or wanted her to be appreciative of the things that I was doing for her, unfortunately, we never really arrived at that. And I had to just say, it's okay. It's okay. I did my best. I did all I could. and But I had to know that it came from a place that was already forged in our history. Okay. That relationship that was present before I became the caregiver was still there. Now, look, in any of these scenarios, things can really change. Because if someone had a brain injury or just some type of thing in in that they can totally be opposite. But as a general rule, you're going to get in your caregiving story what you had before. And I just want to, to caution you to be aware of that. And if you go into that knowing that mom was kind, she's gentle, and you're, you, you connect with her, then things can go well. But if you're thinking strong-willed mom, opinionated mom, verbally abusive spouse are going to change just because they are now in need of help, Mm, it may not automatically. That there is going to have to be some work that that needs to be done in order to get there. You're going to have to deal with some things, you know, and some things are going to have to change in order to make the caregiving relationship work. And you may even need to decide if it even needs to work. If it needs to be in-person, direct involvement, caregiving. That's something you also need to consider. Even in the best of situations, you are a daughter, a wife, a spouse, a husband, just whatever that relationship is. And you are going to be providing care to someone who gave you the best marriage, the best childhood. They gave you the best of who they were. You had the best history with them. And so now you want to return the love. You want to return that love back to them. Guess what? You can and you likely will. 
because you have a heart to do it. But I, what I want to also caution you is that that care that you give may not turn out to be what you thought it would be. It may not look the way you thought it would look. You may think that I will, I'm going to take care of mom until she passes away. I shall never lack for anything. I'll always be there for her. And guess what? You may, but guess what? You may not always be the one in there doing it. It may come through the hands and the feet and the arms and the eyes of someone else. But it doesn't mean you're not doing it. Because there can come a time in any caregiving situation where you can no longer do it physically. You can no longer do it emotionally. And you must pass the physical aspect of caring over to someone else. And that is okay. Because it does not mean you are no longer the caregiver. It just means now you're overseeing the care that is being physically done by someone else. And if that is where you are at, you are still doing what you desire to do. You are still doing what is in your heart to do. There is no need to feel guilt. There is no need to feel shame. There is no need to feel like you are letting them down or letting you down. Sometimes the best thing we can do is to relinquish the physical care to someone else. And when we do that, we are actually doing what is best for them and doing what's best for you. So I just want you to think about everything that I have said today. And if you feel like you are entering into a difficult caregiving situation, one based on a difficult past relationship, I want you to seek help. I want you to talk to someone professional. I want you to reach out to someone you love and trust and determine in your heart which way you need to go. Rather, you need to remain in the situation and provide that direct hands-on assistance to someone. But I want to caution you that if this is not a healthy situation and that you're providing care to someone who is not kind and that is in an abusive situation, I want you to consider other options, being a secondary caregiver. That yes, you can still care for that person, but it doesn't mean that you have to be the one that's in there providing the care. So think about that and really reach out and seek help if you're in one of those uh, situations. So thanks for tuning in this week. I appreciate you joining in and staying tuned in with me this week. And I hope that this gives you somewhere to start as you're trying to figure out what is your role in the caregiving of your loved one. Now, if you are a new caregiver and you are trying to figure things out, you are willing and you are able to do the caregiving, but you're just struggling with the day-to-day of what do I do? I am having such a hard time getting the day started. I don't know how to get her out of bed. I don't know if this is the right wheelchair. I don't know if this is the safe way for us to be doing the toileting or the bathing. Or you're wondering, I don't... 
I wonder if she should be dressing herself. Am I doing too much? Those are the things that occupational therapists can help with. We look at a patient's functional status and we assess what their strength levels are, endurance levels are, and we come up with programs and treatment plans that would strengthen them. And we work on techniques to teach caregivers on what are safe strategies for assisting them. And with the whole goal of making sure everything's done in a safe manner with the least amount of stress to the caregiver and the care recipient. Because when we do that, it, it streamlines the day. If you can take the, some of the stress and physical work of caregiving out of the picture and make things easier for you, it frees you up to do other things that you need to be doing. So if this is you and you really need to talk about how to make things just a little bit easier, visit the website at findingafoothold.com. I am Consuela. You can schedule a free consult with me as we can talk about some of the things that are available. I I can virtually uh, look at your environment, give you tips on where to put things in environment, tell you what equipments will work in your environment. And I can also meet with the care recipient if that's something that you would like and really set up a program where they can get stronger and I can teach them how to do something that they can be doing for themselves. And thanks again for tuning in. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, finding a foothold cares about how you give care. See you next week. Goodbye.